Welcome to the Power the Next 100 podcast presented by Penn Athletics. My name is Alana Shanahan and I am the Director of Athletics and Recreation at the University of Pennsylvania. Today, I am excited to introduce Alicia McConnell, a graduate of the class of 1985 and one of our country's finest squash players. Welcome, Alicia. Great to be here. Great. Well, let me start by sharing a list of your accomplishments so our listeners have a sense of your celebrity in the squash world. So in 1982, you won the juniors, intercollegiates, and the nationals, and was nationally the number one ranked player. In 1988, you were the ranked 15th in the world rankings. In 1995, you won a bronze medal at the Pan American Games. You're part of three Hall of Fames, the Penn Athletics Hall of Fame, the U.S. Squash Hall of Fame, and the Intercollegiate Squash Hall of Fame. You were a world junior champion in 1980, you were a national champion from 82 to 88. You were a world doubles champion in 94, 96, and 98, and a national doubles champion from 1996 to 2000. Well, Alicia, is there anything that you haven't done? It's wonderful to have us with you today. <laughs> Thank you. I, you know, I've been very fortunate to, sport has created so many opportunities and, and so has Penn and just the community around squash and Penn and and, and being active has, has been really wonderful to have in my life. Yeah, so absolutely. Thanks. Seems to have been a big part of your life. So wonderful to have you, have you with us today. So we're going to hear a bit more about your squash career, but would love to hear a little bit about what you've been up to since graduation. I know that squash is woven through much of this, but just would love, about, love to hear a bit about your professional history. Sure. Yeah. Well, of course, going to Penn, you know, it's really exciting because you feel proud of going to such a good school and academically working hard and, and of course, sport super important as well. But um, so I, I did struggle a little bit in terms of what I wanted to do next. And I just dove in and became a professional squash player, which was a bit controversial in the family because, you know, get a real job, most people said. So <laughs> I ended up playing squash. I got squash. that same response. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I ended up uh, being able to play pro squash, really not much prize money at the time. So scraping by, but, but trying to do the best I could. And so, so I ended up uh, playing pro for a while and then came back to the States and actually became the head pro at the club I used to play at when I was a kid. So that was really fun because a lot of the families I knew from when I was a kid and, and it was, so it was, I was back in Brooklyn where I grew mm -hmm. up. And, uh, so was a head pro for a few years and then uh, the national coach as well. And I really thought that squash was going to be my main focus. I sort of had this plan of action, but you know how life changes. And, and so I ended up becoming the manager of athlete development for the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee back mm -hmm. in 1998. So that was an exciting career. Uh, and I did that for 20 years because I yeah. I got to work with all the sports because I loved coaching and, and promoting squash and trying to grow the sport. But when you get to take what you think is an okay skill in terms of coaching and technic, technical and tactical knowledge and, and to bring it then to all these other sports and work on how to create more athlete development pipelines for a variety of sports for the whole Olympic and Paralympic movement, the only unfortunate thing was squash is not Olympic. So I wasn't able to sort of work in that day-to-day -day environment with squash. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I've, I always kept involved, you know, it was Penn squash yeah. or U.S. squash, but um, so, so, and then I, uh, I sort of 
left the U.S. Olympic Committee. I'm sort of retired from there. It wasn't any, anything mm -hmm. funny. And I moved to Ireland. Uh, so I've been here four and a half years. And a big piece of that was new adventure. My wife and I got married in 2020, uh, just before Congratulations. COVID. Fabulous. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, and so now I, I'm, I'm doing consulting really mm -hmm. like diversity, equity, inclusion, consulting in, in Ireland for different uh, sports and sporting sport governing bodies. So, so yeah, so that's sort of where I am today. That's fabulous. Such an interesting yeah. career to hear about and so many pieces that I'm sure brought you uh, quite a bit of joy given your passion for being around sports and being in essence an educator. So yeah, uh, kudos to you. And it sounds like, yes, living overseas, something I hope to do someday. Sadly, no time soon, but someday. <laughs> so maybe um, reflecting on Penn for a minute, your Penn experience, how about um, you know, a, favorite, a favorite athletics memory you have from being here at the University of Pennsylvania? Oh my gosh. Um, I, gosh, I, you know, to sort of sum up, <laughs> you know, and I, I'm going to, I know I'm going to get sort of goosebumps. Like my favorite memory, whether athletics or non-athletics, my mm -hmm. favorite memories were literally, it's just the, the Franklin field, like being in the field. I remember training, like running around the track when it was pouring rain and there was just something so calming about it. That might sound crazy to some, but I, I, there was just something about the field. And the other amazing memory I have is playing lacrosse, but we had a practice before game, right? And what did I do? I still had my boom box from Brooklyn. Oh, goodness. So that's back in the day when I went up, turned the mics on, got to play my music, maybe a little hip hop in there somewhere. And hearing that just the music uh, playing on Franklin Field. And so it, it, there was so much just the energy of playing sport and, and cheering on other teams and, and, and the teamwork and all that type of stuff. I think those are some of my greatest memories. And there's something about that walk by Ben Franklin and the main, mm -hmm. the first building built at UPenn, like yeah. never get tired, just walking past, just the, the history. Yeah, past the, College Green along yeah, Locust Walk. Yeah, absolutely. Just, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's nice. You have a lot of sort of physical memories. And I think to your point, the mystique of Franklin field for many of us who are former lacrosse players or field yeah. sport athletes, yeah. there was just something special, particularly, you know, at dusk when it starts to sun starts to set into your point, you've got compelling music in the background. It is a special place <laughs> and, a, yeah. and a special yeah. campus on, the, yeah. on many fronts. Definitely. Definitely. When you think about sort of um, just obviously your life broadly defined, um, how do you think that Penn Athletics has impacted it. You know, what has it yeah, meant to you yeah, yeah. as you've moved into yeah, your post-Penn times? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think one of the things that's unique about Penn is I felt like, yes, it's an Ivy, but at the same time, it was a more diverse Ivy. Ivy. Mm -hmm. Like I really was proud that I was going to a really good school, but it was in the city. It was engaged with the city because a lot of schools uh, you know, there was issues between the schools and their communities. And, and I think, cause I, that's a big piece of what I love to do is community engagement and, and volunteerism and giving back. And so uh, I think I was proud of Penn and its engagement of a lot of firsts as well. Mm -hmm. You know, the first Absolutely. black female medical student, the first mm -hmm. computer, the, um, you know, first uh, president of the university so first female sorry president mm -hmm. of the university mm -hmm. so i think it gave me a sense of pride but also a sense 
like I felt smarter <laughs> and I felt <laughs> like, okay, I went to Penn. Like I could always sort of say like, uh, you know, the, the, the value, the importance, the, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, that, that's what I think proud sort of sums yeah. it up, which sort of yeah. has a double meaning for me because being mm -hmm. LGBT and at the time it was still, there was so much homophobia at the time, yeah. you know, so it's a totally different day now, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it, it just, I felt smarter. Yeah. The fact that I got into Penn, got to go to Penn and engage in, in the education yeah. and yeah. yeah. No, I and, agree. Smart and pride. You know, the pride we yeah. feel for the connection we have to an institution that's that's quite accomplished yeah. and has given us uh, yeah. given us quite a bit. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit for uh, a moment about, you know, let's see, reflecting back on your 18 to 22 year old days. What sort of advice would you give yourself, um, you know, if you were doing it all again now with the benefit of hindsight? Absolutely. You know, I would continue. I think the, my own internal, internal homophobia was a struggle at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, so part of when I was at Penn, part after Penn, but I think believing in myself, yeah. uh, the way Penn believed in me, you know, and supported me as an athlete and a student. Uh, I think that young person, like any young person today, right. Is trying mm -hmm. to find your path. And, and I think it's trying to, make sure you spend the most time with people who believe in you nice. uh, and, and not always listening to yourself. If you're judging yourself or not trusting right. your path, try to be with people and keep telling yourself, you got to believe in yourself, keep believing in yourself, no matter what, that's what I'd be telling. Me. I still tell yeah. myself that today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, funny, some of the lessons that would have been important at 18 to 22 are still very important today. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, this, yeah. the, the, the age spectrum is, you know, it, yeah. it, I think we're constantly, well, that's always been my goal, I think, is, is mm -hmm. trying to learn and grow and take on new challenges. Um, so, mm -hmm. yeah, no question. So um, let's talk a little bit, although it doesn't seem like you've experienced too much failure, at least not on the squash board, <laughs> but just experiencing failure in life. What has that meant? What have you learned? Um, how have you made yourself a strong person today? Yeah, I think, Definitely for me, I, I feel that, you know, as an athlete, and there's so much more conversation around that today is I was so enmeshed, like Alicia was squash. Mm -hmm. So if I didn't win or if I didn't, you know, succeed at, when I felt I should, I, I didn't feel, I felt like I was failing. Yeah. So I think realizing just not just squash, like there's Alicia separate from squash, you know, there, and there's these multiple parts of yourself. You don't have to just be one thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I think what I've learned is all those things outside of ourselves, whether it's awards and being number one and winning a big match. And like, it's that wonderful feeling when you win, but that ultimately what's going to make you happy is, is feeling good about yourself, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, and one way that I, constantly learn that message is I, I very much do like to give back and and recognize others that that don't have maybe what I had and was able to give back and constantly remind myself to be grateful and yeah. for the things that that my life did bring to me and continue to to does well, that was an yeah. interesting sentence <laughs> so yeah 
So how about um, significant influences in your life? People that you felt like were really meaningful to your development or? Um... Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, my, my coaches, you know, Fred and Carol Weimler, I mean, I was, as you might imagine, I get passionate when I talk about things, much mm-hmm. less, you know, when I'm playing sport, I've just, it's always been such a passion. So they were able to really focus my energy. And I think mm-hmm. at the time it was this small club in Brooklyn, New York, that uh, was, was trying to get more young families to join. And so when my parents joined, um, they were really trying to get a lot of kids to play and yeah. they really gave us so much attention and they were able to say, Oh, well, cause we started with tennis. And then once I started playing squash, it was like, Oh my gosh, all these angles and you could hit the ball hard and it wouldn't go out. And <laughs> I have to think a lot, right. <laughs> you know, just, um, they were able to really get me put that energy into really positive focus. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and yeah, I mean, we were so scared. We even were really scheduled then. I mean, kids today are even more scheduled, but yeah. it was wonderful to have this club that was close to like there was school, there was our, our apartment, grew up in an apartment mm-hmm. and then the club, like it was this. Um, yeah. So the, the Weimlers were huge. And, and, and I have to say, you know, my parents, I mean, my, my dad always dreamed big, ne- never say never, mm-hmm. you know, if we, yeah like all three kids in our family, if we had thought about the tuition of mm-hmm. our, the schools we all went to, yeah. we would have been, oh my gosh. So we, right. we just, you try to do everything you can and figure it out. Like I worked pen catering. We, you know, we mm-hmm. did all sorts yeah. of things to try to, you know, to pay the tuition. Mm-hmm. And then um, my mom, she was such a role model. I mean, she was up jogging in the morning, you know, before practically you had uh, running shoes like you do today. And yeah. she was the first woman to, of the Brooklyn Heights Association or the junior league. She was the first Catholic woman to be president of that, or just, it was. Wow. Just um, role models in your family. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It was really. And then, you know, my, I was lucky. I had an older sister who was really kind and generous and and she was always there for me, you know, which is pretty cool, you know, as a young woman to sort of, if you're not sure about things, just call your sister. Have a resource. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. (laughs) So I was very lucky to have that. Yeah. Yeah, growing up that so. environment growing up yeah, yeah definitely so let's let's change gears a bit and talk a little bit about um title nine and obviously celebrating yeah. 100 years of women's athletics at penn we're obviously quite excited to celebrate the next 100 but Absolutely. just thoughts as far as um how you feel title nine has impacted your life personally oh yeah i i think my life would be so different if it wasn't for title IX. i mean first of all to have the opportunity to play in, in college, like th- that would have not been there. I mean, yeah. you, women before title nine, I mean, you were even after title nine, we're still fighting for mm-hmm. equity, but it's so much better. The, the recognition around female athletes and people love watching women's sports. Now, yeah. you know, people used to say, Oh, way. well, there, there's, yeah. you know, people don't want to watch it because they're not as good. Well, no, that I think people realize it's incredible. Uh, so I feel really fortunate that I was able to not just title nine to, to play at university, but then even though the, this women's squash pro tour was new mm-hmm. to have that as a possibility. So it was, yeah. and what's interesting is now squash is so big in the U S but when I was young, it, it, it was the, yeah. the rest of the world was, yeah. was the dominant uh, squash countries. Uh, so, mm-hmm. and Billie Jean King, I mean, my mom kept trying to find role models and, 
she found a book that had people like Wilma Rudolph and Billie Jean King and Billie Jean King had just started the Women's Sports Foundation. So at least mm-hmm. it was like, oh, okay. Connection, so yeah. there was, so, and Billie Jean King, oh my gosh, follow her on Instagram. She is yeah. incredible. Inspiration. Yeah. Just yeah. continually yeah. makes such a difference in people's lives. Yeah. yeah. So Agreed. yeah, we're so lucky to have Title IX in no, this country. Very, uh, very thankful. I think and there's the rest of the world. Athlete. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, the world comes here for, yep. to play sport. Yeah. You know, it is pretty, it is pretty special on yeah. so many levels. Definitely. Um, so as you think about Penn and you think about what you would want for, for women's athletics at Penn over the course of the next 100 years, <laughs> obviously we're thrilled with our historic success, but we're always excited for more. But how do you think about what would potentially be the next 100 years of, of, of women at Penn? You know, I, when I, th- it's so hard to imagine you know, a hundred years from now, but what I think is going to happen more and more, first of all, women's athletics is, is really getting the recognition that it's Mm -hmm. always deserved, but like we sort of knew, but people are realizing, wow, um, just all the work, much less, you know, women go through, you know, whether it's menstruate having children, like there's so many other things that that (laughs) we have to (laughs) deal with. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the challenges of those, but what I see more in the hundred years is women playing a much more significant role in helping people realize, like, you know, you can think of Penn and be, okay, there's the education part and the sport part. And, but to me, it's you, you like your physical health is mm-hmm. so important in your education and your long-term skill and ability. And so to me, athletics in the next hundred years, it's like, to me, everyone should be participating, whether it's, the you know the division one team the intramurals the classes the at all levels that education and and sport and physical activity all are sort of enmeshed because i think you're a better student if you're active and your and your physical health is better so i see the next hundred years women playing a much more significant role trying to push that whole health wellness not so not always having to win. I know it's hard Mm -hmm. because, Mm -hmm. you know, that's often what alumni want or sponsors or whatever, but Mm -hmm. the the healthy, healthy, but sound, a friend of mine has a, it calls it sound money, sound body, sound mind. It's sort of this, Mm -hmm. it's all interconnected. And with all the science expertise Mm -hmm. and commute computers and technology and um, invest all the investment in the hospitals at Penn. I mean, I just think that whole health, wellness, sport, mm-hmm. education is all even more and more connected. No, I would, I would agree. I feel like I, I tend to use the term holistic well-being, and for me, yeah, perfect. That's where our recreational programming and offering that is kind of neatly tied to our campus wellness. You know, whether it's counseling or physical health, like I just feel like to your point, the more that women, the more that everyone, obviously, but the more that women can become more engaged in the space, I do think it's, it's the path forward to, um, to just holistic well-being to your point around sort of that intersection of your academic pursuits and, you know, some sort of physical activity, but like what, what keeps you smiling and and well most days. And I do think it's, it's an important intersection. And to your point, you know, it's important for our varsity athletes, but it's important for everybody as hmm. far as just, yeah, consistent happiness um, in a daily basis. So yeah, glad to hear you say that because I think it's an important piece that's sometimes overlooked, yeah. particularly in, 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 you know, in our traditional world of um, the intercollegiate side of what we do. So absolutely. And even more so like the, the body consciousness and awareness, yeah. like for yeah. women to like, we don't have to be these super fit 
like no. that all body types should be yeah. be celebrated. valued and celebrated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So some throwback questions. Favorite classic pen? <laughs> uh, definitely would have been creative writing. You know, I, I sort Fabulous. of, I majored in economics. Whoops, sorry. I majored in economics, but um, I probably could have come close to majoring in English. I, I, I just loved it because I, I, yeah, I really enjoyed creative writing. Yeah, because yeah, it fabulous. was really open to whatever you wanted to write or say, mm -hmm. and you, then yeah. you discuss it. You know, it was, yeah, I really enjoyed yeah. that class. Fabulous. How about a favorite place to study on campus, somewhere you found yourself gravitating to? Well, I mean, the library. Yeah. The library was just, you know, if you really wanted to hunker down. I mean, sometimes if I know I had to, like had to read the rest of the book or like the whole book yeah. overnight sort of thing, <laughs> I'd go down to like my freshman, I was in English house freshman year. Oh, okay. So I'd go I. down to the base, okay, the basement <laughs> um, and it would be super quiet. So I don't know where yeah. that was, if that was the laundry room or I just find right. a quiet space where you just had to hunker down hunker get down. stuff done yeah yeah, absolutely. yeah. so absolutely. and sometimes what was the food that was probably too loud though the, the food hall um houston next hall? to irvine yeah houston hall houston That's hall yeah of, so sometimes yeah. houston hall yeah so nice all right so we had a few options on your list yeah how about um you know a favorite trip that you took with a team or a favorite experience on the road that uh, you laugh about today or oh well <laughs> You've definitely you definitely share won. on a podcast, obviously. Yeah. Well, I don't know. So we we traveled to uh well on the squash team in particular. Um we were traveling uh and, and I often would sit in the front with coach and and sometimes coach would forget directions a little bit, so I had to keep her on track. And at one point she just happened to go right through the toll and knocked the toll over oh and we're like goodness. okay we're just gonna keep going <laughs> just keep going coach i don't know that you want to stop so uh so at the at the dinner at the end of the year we um we presented her with a well-painted um toll, toll arm. arm yeah <laughs> i love it i love it <laughs> yeah we we laughed a lot on that one so oh Classic. Um, classic that was when we we were just in a van it wasn't like we were in a big bus you were even right yeah so, <laughs> so it was just that the, probably the makes it even team. scarier right Is <laughs> <laughs> the bus i mean yeah that was the lacrosse team that like that was exciting in itself to be able to take big, a, bus, a big bus you know yeah. and be with the team and yeah so yeah, yeah. great great all right. Well, I am going to uh, to kind of wrap up with an interesting yeah. question. Is there a question that you wish I would have asked? You know, one of the things I wanted to mention is that I'm really appreciative that even though I'm not a big donor, like I contribute, but I love the fact that Penn has always engaged with me and valued what I brought to Penn through mm -hmm. athletics or like I've always been involved since I've left and I really appreciate that even though I'm not, you know, I, I can't really write the big checks. So I just wanted to say that. Um, and, and I've really enjoyed the time and, um, but actually we sort of talked about it that what I had written down as one of the questions is um, that I would ask people is why are you proud of graduating from Penn? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and so one of my, and I think I started with that yeah. because we, Penn has a lot of firsts. Um, mm -hmm. Penn is a, hasn't necessarily been the traditional 
conservative Ivy school, it stepped out of the box. It's been, I think, more uh, in the forefront of diversity, equity, inclusion. And so like I, that, I'm proud of being able to say things like that about Penn. Um, so uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it is. It's an incredibly yeah. dynamic place that's always yeah. attempting yeah. to be a bit better. You know, it, it rarely let rests on its laurels. I think it's, yeah. it's an institution yeah. that's kind of to your point that you also made. Yeah. Really, it's very much yeah. engaged with its surroundings and cares deeply around the city yeah. within yeah. which it yeah. resides. So I just think there's so much yeah. benefit that, that comes to all of that, uh, comes with all of that. Yeah. But, uh, and actually, it's a special place. I did want to also, I appreciate the fact that when I came to Ireland, there wasn't a pen club. So I started one. So you probably saw that, but I did. It's a, fabulous. It's, it's a small group, but I really appreciate, you know, all the different things I can call into. I can invite yeah. people to uh, that's been really engaging. And, and one of your board of trustees came to Dublin and we had a, a nice luncheon with five or six of us. And yeah, so that's it's been fabulous. nice. to had, Yeah. 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 And well, I, it is I, a worldwide brand. There's no doubt. Absolutely. About that. Absolutely. <laughs> When I worked the Beijing games, the every young person I came across, if I'd mentioned Penn, they were like, oh my gosh, Penn. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'd love to build the brand more in Europe. It doesn't yeah. seem to be as known in Europe, but um, anyway, mm-hmm. I know there's there's uh, lots more to lots more podcasts. So again, <laughs> appreciate and thanks for all that you're doing and you know, keep the mm-hmm. keep the momentum going. Yeah, no, thanks, Alicia. Just thanks for, you know, your comments, taking the time. You know, our goal is to just continue to engage, particularly women. It's incredibly important that we understand our history and that we best position our program, our athletes, our women to have success moving forward. So, um, you know, and just to showcase the stories of women who have had phenomenal success, whether it's on the court, in the classroom, post-pen experiences, but that's a lot of what we're hopeful to do through these podcasts. So I appreciate your continued engagement. And uh, yeah, I just want to thank you for for making time to be with us today. Yeah, well, thank you.